Hello, Vanderpump Rob's listeners. Just a quick little note before we start today's episode. If you haven't already joined the Patreon at patreon.com slash VanderpumpRobs, I really encourage you to do so. For less than the price of a pump teeny, you'll gain access to so much bonus content, extra episodes, ad-free episodes, as well as the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping an independent artist like myself keep the lights on at his passion project that is this podcast consider it kind of like going to see a live band and buying a t-shirt except you'll continually get more content every month now on with today's episode Welcome to Vanderpump Robs. It's a sexy, unique recap podcast where Molly Schwartz and I are talking about Winter House. I know, surprised I'm not because we're in this for the long haul. Hi, Molly. Hi, Rob. How are you? Great. I have, I have news. I have news that I think will thrill a lot of our listeners, and that's that I just the other day spoke with Miss Sheena Shea for a bonus episode of Vanderpump Robs. Very cool. Did you talk about BravoCon? A little bit. A little bit. And I will, uh, you know what, just to entice, just to get people to know, because it's going to come out pretty soon. I mean, we know you're a fast editor. And one day I'm going to have chores or something, and then the episode will come out two days later, and everyone will be like, oh, God, this guy's losing his touch. They'll wake up Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> They'll cry. They'll be like, where's my winter house? I'm so frustrated. I, I thought I could count on this. Um, no, I we did talk a little bit about BravoCon, and cleared. she cleared some things up for me. You'll hear it a little bit more in detail in the episode, but we talked about her Andy's Legends performance. Yes. And I was like, I can't believe you did that without having any inner ear monitors. I couldn't tell, like, all the sound issues. She's like, they gave me one. So she could hear her backing track just barely in one ear. And she goes, and I knew that she didn't get as much rehearsal as she would have liked. And so she said, I knew that with things playing against me, I had to do like the rap portion of my song. Because then it was like, I can say the words, I can say them fast. I know I screwed up part of them, but it's like, that's what happens in live events. I was like, yeah, and and then we talked about how other people, we were nice, but like how some people were just like, I'm not going to practice at all. I will just lip sync. Yeah. And it's the choices you make for live events. What a trooper. That is, I mean, that's so stressful to be up there performing and singing and not be able to hear yourself. Yeah. Like what a nightmare. Or rehearse in the outfit you're going to be wearing. Like, yeah. Coming soon to a podcast near you. More details. Uh, but it was, it was nice. She was nice. She's she's always nice to me. I mean, people have their opinions, but like I always have a great conversation. The few times I've been able to talk with Sheena, we talked about uh, the theme of the episode was what if Sheena had a spinoff? Mm, what it would look like. I love yeah. that idea. How fun! Also, how fun to try to trod some new ground with people because I feel like they're always rehashing drama from the shows, which of course we love. But for them, that's like a year or two old. And I love this yeah. idea of getting into like a speculative alternative scenario with Sheena. 
Yeah, uh, I will drop one of them that I thought was... So I came with like a list and I wanted her thoughts on like my list of potential spinoffs. And then she started throwing in some ideas and she said she always wanted to do kind of like a somebody feed Phil, Anthony Bourdain type show where her and Brock try all the tacos and tequila across Mm -hmm. the country. I I mean, that just sounds like fun. I feel like, yeah, write a show like that for yourself where you just get to travel, drink tequila and eat tacos. Yes. Yeah. That's genius. And not enchiladas because apparently she makes the best enchiladas. Right. She doesn't need to try those. Yeah. No. Um, All right. How about we get into Winter House Season 2, Episode 3. Now, we started started clearing up. Our our structure is really coming together here, Molly. I think we should go through what's happened so far. Do you want to run through some of those bullet points? Sure. So we have developing relationships. Jason and Rachel, there's been some flirtation. They seem to be hitting it off. Corey has, in his words, been secretly trying to get with all the women at the same time. We see maybe some interest between Corey and Jess developing, maybe some interest between Corey and Sierra. We don't know. Craig has been flipping out a little bit, getting overly passionate, as Paige Mm -hmm. would say. Paige and Craig are spending the longest amount of time together in the same house that they have as a couple. And at the end of episode two, our last episode, Luke left to stay in a hotel after a fight with Craig. Yes. And that was news to us. Like it was presented as if he was gone. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. But then you looked at any social media in between episodes and... Uh, No, he's still on the show and he will be coming back just a mere hours later. Sure. That was a little bit dramatized when he was leaving. And it did seem like he was like, I mean, he didn't say I'm off the show, but I feel like the the blanks that we were all filling in our heads were like, I'm leaving the show. And he did say, I'm packing all of my things. (laughs) For an overnight. (laughs) At the Doubletree and Stowe. Yeah. Last week we were talking about the difference between show descriptions. I yeah. think I found a a perfect blend of what we need. And the synopsis comes from bravotv.com. Straight to the source. I'm talking to a journalist. We love sources, okay? We do. Uh, Saints and Sinners, Season 2, Episode 3. After a heated argument... One housemate remains in exile. Paige grows frustrated with Craig's behavior. Corey's attraction to one of the housemates starts to grow stronger. Jason struggles to read Rachel as the group gets to know each other better through a round of speed dating. Austin arrives in the middle of the chaos and quickly learns from Sierra that all his sins may not be forgiven. Now, there's... A few talking points we have for today's episode. Um, I think the the biggest thing for me is episode titles. And this is Saints and Sinners. They talk about throwing a Saints and Sinners party. But it feels like, since we only got about five minutes of that party, that the party is next episode. And that this is more of this, like, um, Saints and Sinners as an idea. Yeah, and who is a saint and who is a sinner in this episode? And it really, I didn't think it was going to get a uh, that layered on us. That's such a great point because, as you say, they did call the episode "Saints and Sinners." The Saints and Sinners party was such a small part of this. It does seem like we're going to get into most of it in the next episode, which makes me wonder: like, 
who are they trying to say is a saint and who are they trying to say is a sinner? Yes. And is that really like what this show is supposed to be about? People like battling it out for their souls? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? They probably were like, oh shit, this is the last episode before Halloween. We should probably call this one Saints and Sinners. And all of them in those costumes did feel very Halloween. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Corey was just dressed as a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the name is a little bit confusing, though, because I do feel like the yeah. last couple of episode names have been more descriptive. Like, they've been punny, they've been catchy, but like Cold Snap, yeah, there was like a blizzard and there were some fights. And uh-huh. the first one was a pun. Like something, yes. and so it goes or something. I don't even remember. It, to me, this feels like they were trying to set it up for a little more drama than was actually there. I thought everyone did a really great job with their spirit Halloween costumes for Saints and Sinners. But can we talk about, you know, this is Fashion Corner for a moment. Yes. Rachel seemed to just be wearing a great dress. Yeah. And I mean... I I didn't know if she was a saint or a sinner, but I'm here for it. I was also here for it. I was frustrated we didn't get a full body shot. I was like, what's going on? We just got a little tease. It looked like there were a lot of like bows or buckles going on. It seemed very structural, very detailed. I, I will be tuning in next week, if only to see the rest of Rachel's outfit. I did like also that she diverged. Everyone else was in some kind of theme of red and black if they were a sinner, um, white if they were a saint. Or if you're Austin, yeah. a mix of red and white because you're dressed as the literal pope. Um, the the holiest person ever. <laughs> right. But she was in kind of a blush pink, I think. Yes. From what I saw. Yeah. We're going to need to get to the bottom of this, though. Yeah. Um, Rachel, if you're listening, please write in. We would yeah. love to know. Uh, we, th- but that's all we want to talk about is yeah. your outfit. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Do you prefer your podcast to have solo narrators to two people telling private jokes? Are you looking for a podcast that is about true crimes and unsolved mysteries and not, I repeat, not two friends hanging out and rambling about nonsense? Do you like podcasts that stay on topic 100% of the time? If you answered yes to these questions and reenacted an unsolved mysteries podcast, it's not for you or the folks that left us those one-star reviews. We are just two pals who love the 1990s show Unsolved Mysteries and have no interest in actually solving mysteries from the episodes we watch and recap. Come get spooked with me, Robert. And my friend and relatively normal woman, Crystal, every two weeks as we talk stack, ghosts, UFOs, food, and occasionally crime on Reenacted and Unsolved Mysteries Podcast. We open with some kind of resolution or the fallout from Luke leaving the house. Um, Mm -hmm. We do get to hear a little bit from Jess of her reflecting about how she felt about him leaving, where she wanted things to go next. Kyle acts a bit as the broker here. So Luke and Kyle have a phone call. Kyle encourages him to come back and, you know, talk it out. Um, And I was wondering if you wanted to talk about Jess and Luke's conversation, if you had any thoughts. Yeah. Like the cynical side of me is like, can we be 
done with this scenario yeah. because it feels like they've talked it to death to everyone else but themselves. Right. 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 Like we as an audience recognize what's happened. Yeah. It took me a moment when he was like, okay, yeah. She's like, I want to say something. And he was like, great. Are you cool with me saying something? And then she's like, no. And I was like, damn. And then upon reflection, I think her explanation was pretty decent. Like it's not about our discussion. It's about you understanding what I felt and that's it. And I kind of dug that. I mean, cause I don't think we, A, it was probably the right thing to do. And B, we don't always get that. There's always like this tete-a-tete on reality TV. Yeah. I actually, I had the exact same reaction as you, where at first when he was like, okay, you go and then I'll go, because I think most of us, that's how we think of any kind of conversation or resolution. Everybody gets to say their piece and be heard. And at first I was also kind of like, oh, that's a little weird that she was like, no, you can't. But then at the end I was like, that was actually absolutely the right choice. The point wasn't to rehash this. It was just to be clear Mm -hmm. about where she stood. And I think Luke reacted really well. And yeah, it seems like they're moving on. And I think that there's a level of embarrassment obviously, that comes from Luke's position here. I mean, Jess too, but I focusing on Luke here, that like, and I think, sorry, I should be clear, Jess's embarrassment just comes from the whole deal being blown out of proportion in Austin, or and Craig screaming at everyone. But like, Luke's embarrassment of just acting, un, making people uncomfortable, like, he was just like, cool, I'm going to do my own thing. I'll let the group do their thing. I'm going to make the ice skating rink and build a fire. And I thought that was the right move. Like I'm going to do something for the house. It's kind of like the Craig thing. Don't make an argument about cleaning. Go do something that people can then all use or be happy with. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard staying in a house with a bunch of people. Also, I would like to say that there's very few people that can all share a house together for two weeks and just get along beautifully. I think the idea of taking some space and doing your own thing is always a good solution. And Luke's ice rink. Let me say, as someone who lives in Brooklyn, I'm not that outdoorsy of a person. I was amazed. (laughs) <laughs> at the ice rink and fire situation. I was like, that looks glorious. He just went out and made an ice rink and now he's skating around on it. Impressed. I, I feel like someone might have said this, but like there has to have been like a pond there, right? But he's just like knows how to treat it so that they can all be like skating. I, I guess he is a hockey coach, but yeah, I guess that's part of a hockey coach job description. But I was like, that's legitimately cool. Yeah, it is. It was legitimately cool. And then we're jumping around a little bit, but I think this would be the perfect time to. <laughs> Also discuss Craig's apology jersey, which, yeah. so we've heard enough about Luke seeking therapy, right? We get it. Um, Craig cannot bring himself to actively apologize. He has to do it in these like effigies or gestures or like, hey, remember this jersey I got when we were staying, when I... When I almost blew up your boat. Painful. Um, (laughs) This scene was hard to watch. And like just being able to like point at like, don't make me say it. Don't make me apologize, Luke. Just understand that like, you know, we get heated, we explode. It's like saying so much more than just like, hey, sorry, I blew up at you. Yeah. I was uncomfortable. I didn't like what you did, but I handled it incorrectly. And also it didn't need to be some big, serious, emotional apology. It could have just been like, hey, I'm sorry. That got out of hands. 
And he kind of did do the, that got out of hands, let's move on. He just could not get the word sorry to leave his lips. I'm sure that I'm stubborn in certain ways that a bunch of other people could point out if I was on television. But I'm not on television, and I am looking at Craig under a microscope here and just being like, dude, is it that hard? Yeah. Is it that hard? Come on, man. And is it worth it? Sometimes I'm like, you'll get yourself so much by just saying sorry. Like, just apologize. That's my feeling with so many people in life. I'm like, even if you genuinely don't feel remorse, just from a strategic perspective, could you maybe like take the blame and apologize for something? Because it will get you very far in the end. Yes. That's just my Machiavellian take on it. (laughs) (laughs) At least say sorry for your own benefit. I am. I'm sorry. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Like, even if you don't mean it, just like it's going to be helpful for every other scenario going forward. Yeah. Just for moving on. And it was a little weird that he, his apology Jersey was hearkening back to the trip that supposedly started the whole fight, which we've talked about before. Still seems suspicious that that was really the start of the tension between them, but just not even acknowledging that, like, hey, here's when we were in Minnesota together. Let's get along. Well, and also he says, like, and we had such a great time. And it's like, you did? I know. (laughs) Because every episode leading up to this was how terrible of a time you had. Yeah. And one thing I missed in the previous episode that they did a flashback to is when they're arguing about fireworks. in one of the many arguments about fireworks. And Craig says, you left fireworks in my cabin and I'm a pyro, dude. And it's like, what are you doing? And there's a few things in this episode that I'm also just like, as a 30 plus year old gentleman, that I know exactly, like I was in ninth grade when I was making this type of jokes, or I was in seventh grade when I'm listening to the Adam Sandler CDs that we're like quoting over and over again. And there are types of jokes that are generally coming from the dudes on this show that I am like, did, did your humor stop at 10th grade? Yeah. Like, and that's where it's coming from. And yeah. some of it happens in the speed dating portion mm. when they're just talking about sexual acts and stuff. And I'm just yeah. like, This is painful. It feels like, and I'm on a rant here, but it feels like when you're working with someone younger than you and they want to brag about like how wasted they got. Yeah. And it's just like, you have to like, you're stuck next to them and you have to kind of be like, okay. Or you could take the turn of making them feel embarrassed and then have to live with that the whole time you're there. There's no good way out of it because all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm realizing that you think like how wasted you get is your measure of you thinking like you're having fun and you're just like, I just don't feel the same. So I'm either going to present myself as like the old fogey here who's like, like, you know, I remember those days (laughs) or you're going to be like, I also went out. You're like, where do I even go from here? I don't know how to relate to you on this. Like, can we not just like talk about our nights? (laughs) Not like that. I don't know. Yeah. We all know that like there's a certain level of partying that goes into going out, but maybe talk about seeing turnstile or something instead of like the drinks. I just saw turnstile. Did I tell you that? Really? Yeah. No. They were in New York and it was amazing. Wow, I saw Turnstile on their first tour back when I was still in Kansas. And that was, and I'm not even trying to be like back on the day because yeah. I haven't been to a concert in quite some time, uh, as most people. 
And they are so good because they were so like, it so reminded me of some of the bands that like I was very much into in my stronger punk phase. Yes. And uh, good band, good band. Yeah, they're hitting all the rights. I, I am impressed because I feel like their last album is when I started listening to them. As with a lot of people, they've kind of blown up. So you definitely yes. were there before they blew up. So you can you can you get those bragging rights, honestly. But I haven't been able to stay at, stay the course as much as I would. You know what? Maybe I'll put on the album, the new album, while I do some chores later. I recommend it. It's amazing. While I clean the house, Craig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, okay. More on Music Corner later. Yeah. Uh, anyone wants to ask me about Saddle Creek 50 in the Postal Service, I'll talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> also, wait, sorry, Music Corner continued. This is something I, I've been trying to dig back up, Molly, and, and maybe you'll know if I am if I dreamt this, but weren't Vanderpump Rules cast members on a Jenny Lewis music video at some point? Yes. I cannot find that music video. Maybe I haven't Googled hard enough, but... Hold on. I'll look for you, because there was, like, some fallout from all of that. Really? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because that was, like, right around the time I was getting into Vanderpump Rules, so... I'll have to search for this. I don't have it on hand. That's fine. And and listeners, this is very important, so understand that sometimes the podcast goes off the rails for um, research, because you would hate for us not to do our research, our own research. Because we all know Ariana's been in a Young Gravy video, but that's not what I'm talking about. No. Jenny Lewis was the singer of Rilo Kylie before becoming her own solo artist. And y'all, if you haven't heard the album, The Execution of All Things, it's an incredible album. It's got bangers from top to bottom and left to right. Also, one of the Actors who was on the TV show Salute Your Shorts was in Rilo Kylie. So love to salute your shorts. That's a real throwback. Hey listeners, Rob here, popping in to let you know that we have done our research and I was incorrect. It was not a Jenny Lewis music video. It was a Best Coast music video for Everything Has Changed, which I will be putting a link to in the show notes. But you know what? I'm also going to put a link to that Rilo Kylie album I was talking about just because I like it. Now, after these messages, we'll be right back with more Vanderpump Robs. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Pumpkin Spice Podcast is a place where all spooky podcasts come to live. In the Pumpkin Spice podcast feed, you'll hear episodes about all sorts of horror movies and TV shows. And just like the Pumpkin Spice Latte, it's available all year round, but only promoted during the autumn season. So go subscribe to Pumpkin Spice podcast, where we showcase all sorts of horror podcasts. That's Pumpkin Spice podcast, part of the Bridgeburner Collective, and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. 
I think this is a good spot to start talking about what happened before Saints and Sinners and before, I guess, before Ice Skating Party, too. And that's the speed dating. I liked this game. What do you think about it? Okay. A, I also like it. Okay. It's fun. It's a good way to shake things up, to keep things moving. It is very similar to matching Halloween costume party, which I, if I were an editor, and there's actually, there's no way they could have edited it this way because Austin's here now, but I would think that speed dating would happen first and then the episode closer to Halloween would have the costume party. But yeah, that's the, that's the, the, the luxury of hindsight, but it was fun. They, the, the ladies put together like strategic question cards to like keep things lively. Yeah. And I liked it. Me too. There were some funny moments with the cards too. Cause it seemed like it was some pack of cards, some like icebreaker card pack that they had bought sure. from somewhere. And before they get started, I think it was Sierra asked Paige, what if you could eradicate the world of one disease, which one would it be? And Paige was like, that's a little heavy for right now. <laughs> and yeah. it was just funny. I'm always there for the, I, I will give it to Paige. She's funny. Like yes. she, the comedic relief is something I really appreciate about her. Um, and then obviously a lot of the questions were kind of sexual in nature. One moment that I did appreciate, even though I know what you mean, some of it feels a bit like uh, like college humor or something. But <laughs> when Paige and Kyle were paired up, because from past seasons of Summer House, we've seen so much conflict between the two of them. But we know that, I mean, Amanda and Paige are really close friends. Paige and Kyle obviously have a friendship. And I thought it was really sweet seeing them crack up together when um, yeah. Kyle talked about... Uh, faking it and spitting on someone's back. (laughs) Yeah, that was, and that's not even what I was talking about. That one, I actually did find a genuine friendship, raunchy, fun, goofing around session. Um, It was like kind of the one-upsmanship of the grossness later on that, grossness, whatever, I'm not like going to church today, but like, (laughs) you get what I'm saying. Um, I, and I liked that because just a quick aside, I feel like Kyle's almost non-existent this episode. So like Mm. getting those, or this season so far, he doesn't have a lot to do, uh, mainly because of big personalities. But uh, it is nice to see those little moments or when they're ice skating and him and Rachel are trying to like bond and he's trying to get her just to like scream. And she's like, I won't be doing that. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. No, that was funny. But yeah, I do feel find it interesting when they do the speed dating was it right when they were planning on doing speed dating that Corey was like oh yeah i used to be a matchmaker yeah yeah we need to talk about what? this it was around i know <laughs> that was just dropped casually into conversation that Corey worked as a matchmaker and i was just like okay this needs to be a spinoff show because i need to know <laughs> first of all i need to know about the work of a matchmaker i know there was uh, Millionaire Matchmaker, which honestly was a great show, but I'm like genuinely, what were you doing, Corey? As what, and also, how old were you? Were you like 20 yeah. years old? Who were you dispensing advice to? How much were people paying you? Wasn't it there was something that he was doing in the context of his job as a matchmaker? I feel like it, it went by so quick that, yeah. like, even upon a second watch of this episode, I was more blown away that he was, like, they were trying to make jokes about, like, oh, you were a pimp, or you whatever. He's like, they told right. me I was a matchmaker. Right. But 
I kept thinking the same things you were saying. Like, you can't be over 31 right now, right? Like, I don't remember what the Chiron said, but he is on the young side of these people, I would think. Because he was, we know he's younger than Craig. Yeah. But still, how far back do you have to be like, oh yeah, I used to be this. Because if it... If it was two years ago, you would have been like my last job or before I started at a gym or something. But right. he's just like, I used to. And it made it sound like he was running some sort of matchmaking thing in college. Yeah. You know? So confused. Like, I mean, he has to have had enough time to open two gyms, you know? Exactly. And paint all those walls. <laughs> paint all those walls. <laughs> build all those bars. You know? Yep. There's many murals in his gym. And that takes a minute. It does take a minute. and. Side note, will he get in trouble for copyright infringement with all of his Homer Simpsons and Mario and stuff that they keep showing on his walls? That is such a good question, because a lot of them are copied murals, like they're famous things that are elsewhere. I would have to think that if they've made it to the screen on Winter House, if Winter House isn't worried about showing it, then something's got to be all right. Right. They must have cleared stuff. Yeah. That's such a good point, though. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, Corey was a matchmaker, but will he matchmake himself? Ooh. I mean, it does give a new light to his whole idea of, I don't know, how how he goes about wooing people. Yes. Because it does seem like he's strategic. Uh, more on that last episode of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Also, I will say from, uh, with Corey, so... One of the people that Corey is interested in or seems to be having a flirtation with is Jess. And she seems potentially interested back. There were a couple moments that I actually didn't like where Jess kept accidentally calling Corey Craig or almost calling Corey Craig. And I feel like he was really nagging her about it in a way that I was like, she did seem, there was a sense of like she actually was embarrassed because yes. I think she kind of likes him. But also, I'm like, what, you met two days ago. You're literally Craig's bestie. You both have names that start with a K sound. Like, just give her a break. I don't, part of me was like, I was like, maybe this is cute and flirty. But I didn't know if I loved it. Yeah, it feels like one of those really easy ways to, like you said, nag or pick on her in a flirtatious way that we're all kind of tired of especially like it i don't want to equate it exactly to what luke did but it feels like it's that like opposite spectrum of like if luke's coming on too strong he's doing the like oh i'm gonna give you a little you know ruffle your feathers a bit like and give me a break she's had um a more stressful couple of days than anyone else and yeah you are craig like and Craig yeah. is Corey. They're just different bizarro universe versions of one another. Yeah, I know. I'm like, stop acting so offended by that. He was like, anybody but Craig. And I'm like, why anybody but Craig? He's your bestie. You are literally little brother and older brother in your fraternity. Like, of any people she would conflate you with, that is actually the most logical one. And it was so hard whenever she's like, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. I feel really bad. I feel. It's like, no, don't even give him that. Don't yeah. give him don't, that. Like, don't. That's the thing. The power balancing. I was like, uh, I don't know if I love it. Yeah. You're setting yourself up, on, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about something that happened early in the episode, which is 
Austin Kroll arrives. Yes, yes. Now, in the spirit of full information to our listeners, we have not given any background on Austin. Would you like to do that? Sure. So Austin is from the cast of Southern Charm. He was on the first season of Winter House. He's seen as a little bit of a player. He's had a lot of drama with his ex, Madison, who was in a cheating thing with um, (laughs) A-Rod. Anyway, there's a lot of backstory there. There's a lot that's happened. But Austin arrives, and he's also made various appearances on Summer House. He had a fling last winter with Sierra in the house, which kind of crashed and burned on the last season of Summer House. I just watched the episode they flashed back to in this episode of Winter House, where it's Lindsay's birthday. Yeah, that's very relevant information. So you're fresh off it. I am. So just for total details from a just yesterday watching it, um, he's obviously connecting with Sierra in this Summer House season. Like he's coming out there to see Sierra, but he also has been has a friendship with Lindsay. But when you activate Lindsay in Lindsay's words, like she is the one that matters and it's her birthday. And I had to explain to my partner referred to only as Mrs. Columbo on this podcast (laughs) uh, that like, she was like, give me context in some other Bravo people. Like, and I say, Lindsay is a mixture of Stassi and Kristen Doty. Like, Loving her birthday, kind of one of the top cast, but also can have thoughts on partners in a way that is more Kristen Doty, I think, than Stassi. Mm, yeah, because she's also can be a little bit of a mess. Let's be real. Let's 100% be real there. Uh, anyway, Sierra tells Austin in the Summer House episode, like, I don't want to tell you what to do, but you're not sleeping in Lindsay's bed. And Lindsay's trying to get him to sleep in her bed. Like, all of it, it's very, very, like, who's the head of the house and whose day it is. And Austin makes some very poor choices and says some wild shit on camera. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let's just say he's been on reality TV for a minute and he has forgotten that those cameras are there. He is good yes. at his job because there are some things where I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is now a softcore porn. <laughs> well, especially the fact that it's like, everyone go watch the episode, but Sierra says like, did you just say that on camera? <laughs> and he is like, oh shit. Kind of like a moment we got with Jess. So Jess, during the speed dating round, opens up about something that she did in her youth. And then she's like, just don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Right. It's like the camera must might as well be zooming in. The boom mic drops in from the top of the camera. People on these shows saying don't tell anyone is always like the funniest. That should honestly be a new drinking game. That should be our drinking game. After we've just talked about how like uh, immature people are, let's have a drinking game for winter house. And one of them should be whenever someone's like, don't tell anyone And they're on a reality show. I I tell everyone listening, I give, I command you to drink when that happens. Um, I'm not here to shame anyone, but that was one of those things where it is like, you're, you're just telling someone you met that the wildest thing you did was like, have a threesome with two brothers, like, and then say, don't tell anyone like do your thing. But 
Whew. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Twin brothers. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Twi- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a prude. I'm clutching my pearls. I know, I, I know. Too. I'm clutching Corey's pearls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, I know. That was a moment. Yeah, so Austin. Yes. More backstory. In the first season of Winter House, Lindsay comes in, and Lindsay has talked for a long time about how close her friendship with Austin is, how close her friendship is. And it's insinuated or said that they've had a flirtation for a long time. I forget if they've hooked up before, but you get the sense that probably they have. And um, in the first season of Winter House, she comes in, I think, thinking that there might be something between her and Austin, but Austin kind of immediately is interested in Sierra. And Austin and Sierra are pretty much together the whole first season of Winter House. Granted, it's not like an exclusive thing or like any kind of defined relationship. Um, but that's the backstory. Yes. Um, Austin has some growing up to do, but don't all of these people in yeah. one way or another. Hi, Craig here from the bachelor masters podcast. Do you watch the bachelor shows ironically like we do? Do you think critically about the socio-political ramifications of what occurs in the shows, like we do? If so, we're the podcast for you. We, the Bachelor Masters, combine deep dives into the show's problems with jokes and even some sound effects Uh to deliver what we think is a well-rounded podcast you'll enjoy after every episode. So give us a listen, as ironically as you want, on your favorite podcast app. That's The Bachelor Masters, a bridge burner podcast. Speaking of Austin, let's jump back to speed dating and it's between Sierra and Austin and the first card Sierra draws. She's like, Nope, not going to ask that one. And we find out later. It's like, how long has it been since you've had sex? And Sierra's like, this is just something I don't want to know, which good on her. Totally fair. It, I mean, yeah. that was actually such a nice moment though. Cause then of course you're as soon as someone's like, I'm not going to say that one then all you want to hear is what that card was. And that Austin later returned to it. And I was like, thank you, because I need to know as well. There was some slightly awkward editing, I felt like, during the speed dating thing between Austin and Sierra. My sense was it was actually mostly friendly and mostly amicable, but there were a lot of weird cuts. There's this time where he tells her to relax and it seems a bit abrupt, but then it clearly seems edited and they have some shot of her like rolling her eyes. And it was a little hard to get a sense of like where they actually stand with each other. Yeah. I got that vibe too. The last time I could on this season where I noticed something like that highly edited was the never have I ever when Luke and Kyle came in, it was just like, let's just get the mood of the room rather than the context of the conversation. Yeah. When we see it this time, it's like, I'm not sure if I am actually getting the mood of the room or the mood that they want to present. Yeah. Cause I guess there's two questions with them. One is like, are they going to get back into something romantic? Which my assumption is no, because so much has happened. And at this point, it's so long since then. And the other question is, are they in a good place? Like, are they amicable? Um, And that's the one that I think is still open. Like how much of a grudge is Sierra still holding? Or that's not even right, because like he legitimately did a lot of stuff. But how? what are her feelings toward him? Is it kind of water under the bridge? Or is that going to continue to be tension? I am going to guess tension. 
Yeah, I'm going to guess tension. That was my sense. That was my sense. She doesn't seem to be too pleased with his, like, silliness. Because also, when they do the repenting of their sins at the end of the episode, it's kind of like with Craig not being able to apologize. It's like, Austin can say he repents for the things he does, but he can't say, sorry, I did that. Yes. He all he just immediately jumps to wanting forgiveness. Yes. Without saying yes. sorry. And a weird thing, actually, when they were speed dating, a very weird moment was Sierra draws the card asks, uh, I think what's like the best thing about me or what's the sexiest thing about mm. me or something. And he his answer is when you fall on the floor laughing at something I said. And she appropriately calls out like that's not something about me. That's basically saying that you love that you're so hilarious. Like, yeah. And, yeah. And she was just kind of like dismissive, which I thought was appropriate. In in true Austin form, it yeah. seems like let me tell you a compliment that's actually about me. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much the episode. I got to say, I always have fun watching these episodes, but this one felt more of like a, quote, filler episode. Like, we're getting to the the bigger plot points, and we have to just kind of bridge that gap because Austin is now here. We have to, like, tie up the situation with Luke and Jess because it happened. But yeah. we also need to introduce that the full cast is here, main cast. Yeah, I totally agree. This felt a lot like a bridge episode. It is always interesting to me. It's an obvious choice that so many of these episodes, if there is some huge dramatic moment, they put it at the very end of an episode and break it up over two parts to kind of li- leave you on a cliffhanger. And sometimes I wonder about that choice, though, because I'm like, if you're yeah. opening up with the crux of the storyline kind of then it it does leave you like where are you going and sometimes i like my episodes to sit as you know a whole own storyline on its own rather than just making you watch the next one not everything has to have a cliffhanger like if this didn't have a cliffhanger i would still watch next week's episode i'm going to be tuning in yeah i think there's this i like netflixification of stuff that like worked from about 2012 to 2018 and now it's like this new like they're catching up but also like not doing it right like there's like a easy quick way of making these episodes that like hopefully uh, lessons will be learned totally i'm watching the sopranos right now for the first time actually i'm in the last season it's been amazing my mind has been blown but just thinking about the thought that are put into each of those episodes as a whole package in the way that they set up like little symbols and themes that they weave through and return to at the end that feels like a complete circle and sometimes they'll draw them back out in future episodes but each episode is really meant to stand alone in a thoughtful yeah. way and I'm not I mean look Sopranos Winter House like <laughs> we're dealing with different things here yeah. but sometimes i am like just you know give give me this episode as a package i uh, no, i think that they're pretty much the same uh yeah quality yeah. and uh thought process gone into it but you you said you're on the last season yeah a part a well there's one episode in particular that i think jumps out to me in that season that i'll wait till you finish but like the idea of themes up into the songs they play into the credits that like just just good god but i mean any yeah. everyone knows sopranos is good i'm i'm really happy you're about to finish your journey of it um thank you 
Last week, we introduced a new segment on the podcast, and it's called The Snow Angel and the Avalanche. Molly, did you have a snow angel of today's episode? I do. It's a little unconventional, but my snow angel was Luke's ice rink, because I really loved it. I loved it. I loved the fire. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it made me. It, it brought up a lot of good feelings for me. It made me idealize winter in a way that I'm like, I will watch that and vicariously enjoy it without needing to be out there in the blizzard. Yeah, I felt like Sierra. It's like I don't want to put on all that shit just to come right back inside. I, I know that feeling, but yeah, I'm. I like that snow angel. My snow angel. I think I, I mentioned it earlier. It would have to be Rachel's interaction with Kyle when yeah. she's just like, nope. She's like, I like being here, but like, that's not my energy. And yeah. I was really like, <laughs> very happy that she didn't feel like she needed to perform to be around these people. She could still be her. And that was great. In my avalanche doing this snake style, um, you know, I was thinking about this. And there's always going to be something rude. One thing, you know, a, Runner-up, I think, is Craig yelling during Paige's Amazon meeting. But uh, I think in true Craig form, the avalanche is going to have to be the him not being able to apologize and get the words out that we talked about. Like, wearing an apology jersey is the avalanche because it's like you're, <laughs> you're making your life so much more complicated. Like, yeah. just... You know what? That's the reason when you say you're not going to go to therapy because they're going to call you a psycho. It's like, no, it's because you can't do normal human interactions. You have to like hold it all in. Uh, but an apology jersey is something I think I might need. I won't be able to have it for this year's Halloween, but maybe next year's Halloween I'll wear an apology jersey and call That's myself That's a really Craig. good idea. Also, an apology jersey that calls back to bad times. That's yeah. just the, the best part of it for me. <laughs> Every, yeah. like, not even addressing that that's all they've been arguing about. Yeah. And then wearing it as your apology jersey. What's your avalanche? My avalanche, also a little unconventional and maybe uh, just emphasizes how much of a filler episode this was. <laughs> but um, the salmonella meat. Oh, yeah. There was some moment where people come out in the morning and the house just looks like a mess. I feel like all these are just they're uh showing something about me, but <laughs> I'm I'm call I'm saying what gave me the best feelings and the worst feelings. Yes. And the worst feelings were seeing that dirty dirty counter, clutter everywhere. People are trying to make their breakfast with just stuff all over the place and like things spilled on the ground and Paige says we have to put the meat in the refrigerator. We're going to get salmonella. And I was just like, oh, God, <sighs> the salmonella meat, that's a no for yeah. me. No, thank you. Uh, well, did you have any closing thoughts for today's episode? I do. I uh, need to know what's going on with Jason's puffer, neck warmer scarf. I don't know if you noticed this. He had something that looked like a, a light green thermal coat. But it was just yeah. a little scarf that he wore around his neck as he was skiing. I have never seen it before. I was so intrigued. I was like, Jason, you're so cute. <laughs> I had to go back and look for it because I was just like, you know, when you're wearing that many layers, who knows what it is. But it was definitely some sort of like infinity scarf or like ascot of some sort. But it definitely, he's very fashionable. 
Yeah. Um, Did you know also, when I saw that, I was trying to screenshot it. I've been watching it on Peacock on my computer. It, the Peacock like blacks it out. You can't screenshot it. You have it. to turn off a setting in your browser. I have learned this. Okay. It's something about like processing or whatever, okay. but it's something that comes standard. And my whole theory on this is so that people can't screenshot. But yeah. if you swipe it off and I'll okay. I'll show you. Cool, cool, um, cool. I had to learn that because, uh, well, for reasons and all of the fantastic show art that we have uh, on the Vanderpump Rob's Instagram. The show art is really good. Well, thank you. I have, I've, I've had some um, critiques, so I'm, I'm going in a positive, positive, just to make it a little bit more uniform. Sometimes it's a little bit busy, but uh, it's going to continue its top level screenshots for, yeah. For the show art at the Vanderpump Rob's Instagram, you can all see it there. Uh, my closing thoughts is just that we get our first glimpse of Tom Schwartz in this episode when he FaceTimes with Kyle, and then on the next episode, they show his Tom and Tom are coming to stow. Can't wait! I can't wait. So, I think it all the more reason why this was a bridging the gap episode. Yeah. Um, so we'll get Tom and Tom for maybe two episodes, and then we'll get. Carl and Lindsay, and I'm sure everything will be fine there. Um, mm, yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> another terrific episode of Vanderpump Robs and another terrific episode of Winter House. Uh, how, could, how could anything go wrong, as we said? Molly, thanks again for joining me. This is very exciting. Thank you, Rob. Now, I'm going to remind the audience that if you liked this episode, to please leave us a five-star review wherever you... Listen to podcasts. Most of you, it's probably Apple Podcasts, where if you also write a review that says, I love this show, it helps us in the algorithm. But if you want to be an even bigger snow hero, you can support this podcast and help us keep the lights on at patreon.com slash VanderpumpRobs. Lots of bonus fun stuff for less than the cost of a pump teeny. Um, I've been Rob Schulte. This is Molly Schwartz. And uh, finally, we've reached the end of the episode. We'll see you next week on Vanderpump Robs. Bye. Wait, Rob? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah.